Hello and welcome to Glitch Cube, where a gaming podcast and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. As always, I'm Christian. And I'm Chris. And welcome back everybody. It's spooky month and that means that we are going to be celebrating all things ghoulish, scary, terrifying, and a little cute this episode actually. So we're going to be looking at horror games a lot this month. We're going to be finding some ones or some games from that are older classics to newer games to random itch.io finds just kind of things that encompass the whole season itself and you know that means that it doesn't necessarily mean that they have to be truly scary scary it's not that's not for everybody not everybody wants to have a full horror fright but you know what about that kind of like tim burtony style cutesy horror right there's plenty of those games out there for everyone too so we kind of have a very expansive list for today we are all over the place we have some really fun ones. We have some really quick ones for people, uh, but it's uh, yeah. I'm just excited about this because it was a blast looking for these things. And some of them are pretty weird and bizarre. And honestly, with the amount of titles that are coming out on Itch.io now and how many games are just getting published in general, there is a wide variety of games to pick from. And I, I'm, I like the fact that we didn't go for some of the more... I guess like quote unquote like expected games for the season right now, right? Like Poppy's Revenge or Five Nights at Freddy style kind of games. We found some really interesting ones to bring to you guys. So pretty excited about this one. It's gonna be good. But why don't I well, you know what? Before we jump into video games, I'm actually curious. Have you watched any good horror movies this season just yet? Uh I watched that no one can save you. Oh, that was such a good one. I was going to talk about that. Yeah. I was pleasantly surprised by it, actually. Um, I feel like when I first saw what it was about, which luckily it wasn't really spoiled for me, so I didn't really know, but mm -hmm. uh, it was good. I was pleasantly surprised that it was able to keep my like attention the whole time. I it when I when when it was kind of unfolding, I was like, uh oh, I feel like I might get lost. Like mm -hmm. in a sense where it like might get boring, but it's just like it's not like one of those high anxiety movies that keeps you like, oh my god, what's gonna happen next? What's gonna happen next? But it's pretty close to that. Mm -hmm. I felt like like I really enjoyed it. Uh, I felt like it was a good start to my spooky month. It had a lot of good uh, like pacing to it, right? Like yeah. it had its high moments, but then it had a lot of very like calmer times where you feel like you could relax. But I felt it was really interesting the fact that there's no dialogue throughout the film. Uh, there's like one or two lines, some noises, right? But for the most part, there's no real dialogue. So you're just kind of following this person through their whole thing. And for people that don't know, we're not going to spoil it completely. It's a home evasion movie. That's basically what it boils down to. Uh, now, what kind of home invasion? That's very different than you'd expect. And luckily, you don't have to wait too long to figure out the, the weird twist behind it. It happens very quickly, which I really enjoyed about this film was the fact that it doesn't hide anything from you. It just goes right into it. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it was very quick to jump in. So the rest of the movie was just like the aftermath of everything that was happening. So that was really, really interesting. I will say I didn't like the ending. I liked yeah. everything up into the ending. And I, my brain has chosen to omit that last part. Because <laughs> <laughs> everything else was actually like, 
oh my god this is so cool and then that happened i went oh okay <laughs> neat i guess but no it's a very different type of like artsy take on a horror film and it was very bright right like it wasn't very like a uh, typical i can't see what the hell is going on i just hear noises kind of movie mm-hmm. so that that was really nice to to see but there was some interesting uh designs in it i really liked like the hand gesture stuff that was going on there it was a really cool movie i, I will recommend that one completely but yeah it's good it's good all right well why don't we jump into some games real quick all right so the first one that i'm going to bring to you guys is a very quick one uh you can beat it or play i don't know if you beating it is really the right way to put this especially whenever it comes to like some of these itch.io games or some of these like cursed horror games that are on itch.io uh there's no really like beating it it's just you can finish it or play through it in about 10 to 20 minutes it's a very quick one uh but for those of you who are that grew up with tamagotchis you know like that holds a very special place and uh we did an episode on tamagotchis and actually did a recast of that during our little break a few weeks ago and uh it's one of our favorite episodes actually there's a lot of history behind the tamagotchis themselves but there is a game out there that is called egg friend and it's basically just tamagotchi all over again it was great the user interface was exactly the same uh, it has the three buttons even like the casing around it so the 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 way the ui works I, I love it it looks like you're playing a real tamagotchi and it has like a small screen and then there's like the shell around it uh, with the buttons that you can press on there and you go through you check the you know it's hunger meter it's happiness meter you can feed your little guy you can play with them. You can play either hurdles or catch the melons. Uh, catch the melons is basically a game where melons are falling from the sky and you move left or right to grab them. And then hurdles is just like that a browser game, right? For Google, if you don't have internet and you can just jump over cactuses, it's exactly that. So it's a lot of fun just kind of going through this process. But what's interesting about this game is as your little guy starts to grow up, the game slowly starts to get altered, and then the music even changes behind it too. Uh, it's very classic Tamagotchi as you're starting, but then as you kind of evolve your little dude, the music gets a little bit more like messed up. <laughs> it's to say it's it, it starts getting kind of like the music is warping or glitching out, uh, which I thought was really interesting. And then even the games start changing too. Uh, so at some point, the melon game where it's just melons falling from the sky, they become eyes that are like blinking and kind of moving now too. So you kind of have to like move a little quicker to get them. Uh, the hurdle game eventually becomes giant spikes that you're jumping over, which is <laughs> pretty fun. Uh, but then the big change, I will say, is the food. So as you're progressing through the game, the food that you're able to feed your little guy uh, goes from being like a cheeseburger or a ch- piece of chicken or a cake to like a finger or like just guts and things like that, right? So it becomes very like um, just kind of like horror inspired like kind of game. Um, and then at first your little dude is like this is cute little circle thing that is moving around the screen with a big old happy face. And then it turns into like this squid that is just kind of going around. And instead of like a little poop on the screen, because you can clean up the poop too, uh, it's like <laughs> piles of bones. 
that just start getting left behind. And you're like, okay, that's weird. Uh, eventually, the outside of the shell, like the that you're supposed to be like theoretically holding onto the Tamagotchi actual like game piece, uh, it starts changing too, where it will look like a rib cage, right? Like it's alive, like it's kind it, like it flashes to be something kind of gory, and then it comes back to what it was with just the regular shell. Uh, and then at towards the end, uh, the screen does go black, and then the shell becomes red. And the actual Tamagotchi that you've been playing on hatches, right? And then there you go, right? So it's a uh, it's very lighthearted. I mean, it's it's perfect for '90s nostalgia, but it is kind of like a, it's just a fun little experience to go through. And once again, it's not itchio. You can find it real quick. Called Egg Friend. Uh, I spend like 10, 20 minutes on this thing. Super simple, but it's just a fun little like kind of creepy mess with you kind of game. So that that was a that was a good one to play through for sure. <laughs> I liked it a lot. This game actually looks really cool. I like Itchu has so many like games in general, but like I have been the past month or two have been really like diving into a lot of their games on there because there's so many interesting ones, especially like that are free. You know, it's kind of like a donate if you like it. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is really cool. Like, I really, it's so minimal, but it is interesting. Like, all the stuff you were saying about it, like, I kind of want to check it out myself. It's nice how true to the original Tamagotchis it was, right? Like, uh, the aesthetic, there's a lot of work put behind it, you can tell, because the aesthetics match so well. Uh, that's what I really like about this one. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like the Tamagotchi, what, like, the, two-bit tamagotchi screen they actually animated the full casing to give the full vibe that you were doing that i liked a lot so definitely worth checking out and then just real quick another fun cursed one that you can find out there uh is called error number 53 and it's it's the full title is error number 53 warning horror uh, this is a Unity game, and it's important to no- notify it's a unifi- Unity game because they use the Unity splash screen in an interesting way later on in the game. But it's another one of those really, really quick. Uh, it's said to be a game that was put out and published, but it was there was a m- error when it was uploaded, and now it is a cursed game. So they're saying that the glitches are an accident, but we know it's not, right? <laughs> And so the premise of it is very, very simple. It's very cutesy graphics. Uh, Basically, you just have to go save the kingdom from the evil Jack, right? So you go and fight Jack, and then that's when things start getting weird. Uh, Things start glitching out, like uh, buildings start losing texture. Uh, Even the the terrain that you're around starts losing texture. The NPCs start walking into walls or they're like laying down dead when they're supposed, but you can go talk to them because the animations are off. Like it's little things like that. And then at one point the game resets itself and it does, you know, the typical unity splash screen that we're so used to, but even that's glitched out. Right. And it's, it's just fun to play through this where it's like, okay, like are these glitches intentional was this an accident? Were they actually trying to make a game and it kept getting all glitchy and then they just said, screw it, this is the game, <laughs> right? Like, let's just put that out and just see what happens. But it was, uh, it's another fun little quick one for you guys to enjoy if you want to play another cursed game out there. 
uh, just a short, you know, I think you can play it also in like 10, 15 minutes as well and experience it enough. But yeah, those little, I, I, I found that I was really enjoying these like quick little short quote unquote cursed games uh, more than just trying to find something long to play through. This is actually really cool. Like I'm looking when you first brought it up, I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Like when mm. I was trying to look for this game, I couldn't find it anywhere. And uh, I finally found that I'm like, oh, the look of it's kind of cool. I like how like I guess it is kind of old, huh? Yeah. But it yeah. has that like it something about the way it looks. It does seem like it might be kind of like. Not freaky, but I feel like there is something about it that's just like off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, more like unsettling than anything else. Yeah, the the cell shaded characters for some reason keep throwing me off. Yeah, and uh, error fifty three is a commonplace error in Windows. Uh, it actually just means the network path was not found. So what they're trying to say with this is like right, like this game got published, but. We don't know where from because you can't find where it came from, right? So, mm. so it's one of those that just it mysteriously made its way on the internet. But we do know who published it and who put it out. I mean, they, it's on their website, so <laughs> 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 there's that. But anyway, it's fun. <laughs> so for me, I've been kind of going back. Um, it, mine's kind of everywhere. Mine's more uh, classics this mm-hmm. week and so ooh, which one should i start with uh let's do you know i'm gonna do the first one which i thought was kind of weird but uh so i was on a plane the other day and i didn't want to bring my switch because you know handling a kid bouncing around next to you with a switch is kind of awkward because it's big you can't mm-hmm. really put it back so i brought my 3ds on the plane 3DS is amazing because it can be thrown and it survives. But oh yeah, something people don't really know about is that there were horror games on the DS and 3DS uh, that weren't the Resident Evil games. And I didn't know about this game until maybe a few years ago. And I remember seeing the cover of it somewhere and I was like, what is this? Like, I thought it was like a point and click game, like one of those uh, hidden object ones. But it's called Dementum the Ward. And it starts out with you being shown this uh, insane asylum that you're in, right? Or psychiatric Mm -hmm. ward. And some crazy event happens and there's like mutants and like kind of like zombie creatures and other weird beings there. So you start out uh, getting a flashlight and then getting a club. And mind you, the 3DS or the DS controls are not the greatest. Uh, This is a first person uh, game. I guess you could consider a first person shooter because there is shooting in it. So imagine that on a DS. Mm. Uh, Basically, you move with the D-pad. You attack with the left trigger or left bumper. And you... Your camera is basically the bottom, the touch screen. Hmm. And it was okay. killing my hand, I'll be honest. Like, trying yeah, to it hold seems like that. a lot to juggle. It, it was really weird. 
And it frustrated me at times because, like, some of the enemies were kicking my ass only because, like, oh, I didn't move my camera right in front of them where I was able to club them better. Mm. So there was that annoyance. But once I got a better weapon, like a bone saw, um, the game got a lot easier. And there were, like, these flying creatures that were, oh, God, it was even worse because of that reason. Um, but it had some really cool ideas and looking back for a game on the DS like this, it did a lot of things like really well. Uh, it looked really good. Like I was trying to look at other DS games from that time. And I feel like this one had really good graphics compared to a lot of other stuff at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, the Especially for, what, 2007, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, I was really surprised by it. And, you know, I didn't really play a lot of the DS growing up. So, for me, my, like, experience with that is kind of mixed. But mm -hmm. this game did some interesting things, too, with regards to kind of... <clears throat> trying to tell like an interesting story on this and so they i don't want to spoil too much because i feel like this would be a game that people might want to play at some point just because of curiosity right um, not that there's a major background story in this game because the twist kind of happens early on that you kind of understand what's happening but you are maneuvering through this hospital right and there's boss fights in this game and yes with the camera aiming it's pretty awful um <laughs> thankfully you get better guns like a shotgun and stuff sniper rifles so it does make it a lot easier but uh guy with a freaking chain gun on a wheelchair is annoying as shit but um chain gun in a wheelchair oh boy <laughs> yeah the bosses in this game are very interesting um i think one of the weirdest one is like this like wall vagina monster oh okay yeah it, yeah it, the game gets weird <laughs> um in a lot of ways but it's short uh, i think i beat in about two hours so it was a nice like airplane game you know like wasn't too difficult. The music, it did get repetitive, but it was surprisingly good. Um, the mm. atmosphere in this game is actually really well done. Uh, that's kind of, I think, what I was getting at was that not only the sound, but the look of the building, the way it's framed and set up, it mm. really captured this feeling of being kind of like, oh God, I'm in this really weird place. You're hearing either footsteps walking around you, you're hearing voices come from another room. Like it's surprisingly really well done. And I was using headphones, so it would sound a lot better than, you know, the DS speakers, but oh, yeah, I was... they were fantastic speakers. What are you talking about? Oh, I know. <laughs> I remember the old game boy having like a little speaker that was so powerful. Like you could hear it everywhere, but oh, uh... and it would rattle your thing. <laughs> you could hear the whole yeah. thing rattle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It didn't but, need vibration. <laughs> the music pack was that strong. Yeah. Right. 
They had those little boombox attachments you can put on your GameCube, too, to make it even louder. Or if you had those, like, I remember having, like, this AM FM tuner for uh, my old Game Boy. God, they made so much weird shit. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, who uses this? But then again, I'm like, oh, well, I owned one, so, I mean... Or like the, the fact that you can take pictures and print with some of that stuff too. Yo, like, those pictures are cool. <laughs> like, yeah, it'd be fun to go to like a gallery and someone doing a whole show with just those kind of pictures. That'd be interesting. Right? Oh, we should do that. We should. But, I like that. Yeah, this game's interesting. I mean, it was interesting enough to get a sequel. Uh, I haven't played the sequel, but, you know... Overall, you, are you based on what how you played it? Are you captivated? Would you play it uh, more of this? I would say I'm intrigued. Um, mm-hmm. I heard some people say that the sequel is a little bit better because they fixed some of the controls. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard if you played emulated, there is like a way to play it at 60 frames per second, which Probably makes a good difference because I think it's locked 30 on the actual DS. But gotcha. Um, yeah, I sorry, hang on. I, I'm watching <laughs> gameplay of this as we as we're discussing it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I just saw the the chain gun guy in the wheelchair <laughs> and he zips around so fucking fast. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a he's in an RC powered car. But he's got a blanket on because, you know, he's cold, but no shirt. He he looks like uh, one of the guys from Borderlands. <laughs> like the dude, all the, enemy, it, the mask. Like, all the enemies <laughs> in this game look like they're from Borderlands. Yeah, he looks like a psycho from Borderlands with the Barrett chain gun attached to his arm. And he zips around like a freaking RC car around the corners. <laughs> it's dude, that fight, you're like shooting him, right? And you can usually get two hits in him with the shotgun before he starts barreling off. And here I was, like, chasing right after him, shooting him. And I'm like, dude, how is this guy this fast? Right. Like, I, I don't get it. <laughs> it was just really goofy looking. That came out but nowhere. is this game, like, would I recommend it to people? Eh. I, I wouldn't say go out of the way and try to buy it, you know, because mm-hmm. I know a resale market's kind of expensive. Like, yeah, uh, that's true. On eBay, it seems like they're. I know the sequel's going for about a hundred dollars. Um, first That's one crazy. probably is not far behind it because horror games are usually overpriced, but well, they have much have, limited, much more limited like copies made too, right? Yeah, that also does it, especially because this is like a game no one really talked about and it wasn't a big publisher or anything, so they weren't probably a lot made, mm-hmm. but it's. It's interesting. I would say if anyone's a fan of like handheld horror games, I would say it's worth checking out. And I mean, it's short. It's two hours, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's goofy. It's janky. To me, would I think it'd be interesting to play at the time it came out? Probably not. But when you look at Itch.io and you look at a lot of the popular horror releases, a lot of them have that PlayStation 1 aesthetic. They have that, you know, late 90s, early 2000s look to them, that blocky mm-hmm. look, chunkiness. I feel like this game would kind of fit in with it because it is creepy. And 
I don't know. I think that the game was trying to do something interesting and maybe didn't have the biggest budget so they couldn't like make it longer. Mm-hmm. But I also felt like the game was the perfect length. You know, to me, it's a good right. like maybe six out of ten game. Mm-hmm. Maybe seven because it's it, odd. It feels like they were really trying to utilize the the DS. Yeah. Because from what I can see, like as far as immersion, I like the fact so can you write your own notes in this game yes you can actually that's really cool i like that aspect of it because it it makes you feel more like you're actually in this game and you can actually see your own handwritten notes in this of where you're going what you need to do right like that's pretty cool i i like that idea a lot so that's it's clever yeah you have to write down like passwords and stuff and i was like oh this is cool because i mean we don't have manuals anymore to write passwords down like the old days. So, right. And now it's like, if I read a note, I just have the password and they go and autofill it. Right. But it's kind of cool to have to like flip through your notebook and see it. Yeah. And it's nice. Cause I mean, I hate having to take photos. Like nowadays I'll just pull my phone out, take a picture. Oh like, yeah. Oh, here we go. But even then that it, it takes away from the immersion. So this, I don't know. They did it right. It makes me interested to see like, I don't know if there's any other horror games on the DS. That's a good question. It's Nintendo always does some weird stuff with what they put out, right? Like it it feels like they I mean, obviously they only market some of the bigger games, but towards the end of the cycle of something, they really start putting out some weird ones. I mean, we're starting to see it more on the Switch now, too, where you're seeing a lot of graphic novel books kind of things but that like, <laughs> seems like what's the other games are on the ds or graphic novel kind of stuff right so it's I, I it almost feels like it's a weird thing but we have to remember that's been happening for all of nintendo's life right like they they always end up putting out these kind of like trippy weird games but they're just on the back burner so like it's not always a family-friendly console that we kind of relate nintendo to so it's it's pretty cool. It's nice to see. I'm kind of curious about this. I might want to like get an emulator of this one and play it. Oh, there's spirit camera. I forgot about that for the 3DS. Uh, it does like AR stuff because oh, uh, right. it's like a Fatal Frame mm-hmm. spinoff. That one seemed really cool. I like that idea, though. Yeah, other than that, most horror on there is like uh, visual novel stuff like 999 and Corpse Party kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. But continuing with the classics, um, a game that I've been wanting to play for a very long, long time. And I don't know why I never actually like fully played through it. I played the first game and I think I got creeped out by the second game. Uh, I finally finished Silent Hill 2. Nice. And yeah. I I see why people put it on a really high pedestal. Mm-hmm. It really is good. Uh, I played the enhanced edition for on the PC. That's uh, supposedly the best way to play it, and I, it really does feel like it because they kind of modernized the controls mm-hmm. with this mod. No more so, tank controls, or not as bad tank controls. Yeah, like the like the camera is not fully like controllable but the way you control it makes it feel like it 
Okay. And it made the game a lot more interesting because, you know, it made it look better, obviously. And mm-hmm. there were some things that it kind of restored. And that game was just so damn good. Like, the atmosphere was phenomenal. You know, like, Pyramid Head being creepy as ever. And really, I'm glad I played it now as an adult. Because I feel like I can actually really enjoy or understand what's happening. Mm. I feel like if I would have played it at the age that it came out, I probably wouldn't have understood all the undertones in that game. And Mm. after beating it, it was interesting kind of going into like deep dives of lore with it. And for the most part, I was able to understand most of that without those videos, but they definitely did kind of clarify things. And, uh, I'm excited to play three and four. Um, I remember, I think four was the only other one that I actually kind of played quite a bit of, but even mm-hmm. then I think that one scared me the most just because creepy things happening in your apartment freaks me out way more than a haunted town. Yeah. Right? There's something like, about it being inside your own home. <laughs> yeah. Like if there's one thing you want to get me scared is watching like home invasion stuff. Like, where it's like, you know, there's those videos online of like, here's a ring camera, or we have cameras in our house, or one of those like baby monitors. And you see an image of someone walking through the house that like broke in, like that kind of shit freaks me out, you know? But, um, yeah. So anything that kind of like deters on that, scary. But Silent Hill 2, with this enhanced edition, I mean, like, if anyone is ever wanted to play that game and has a computer i would say that's what you should play like it's Mm -hmm. phenomenal and i'm glad to finally play it you know i know i did that poll about silent hill like playing all Mm -hmm. of them this year right and i think i will actually get to it you know because this i was hoping there was enhanced editions for three and four but supposedly they came out looking good enough playing good enough so they just left them alone. Yeah, people are still working on Enhanced for 3, but apparently it doesn't really need too much. So okay. I might get started on that. But How long is it to beat the like 3 and 4? I'm curious. I don't think that long. I feel like Silent Hill 2 took me like 8 hours. Okay. Not and I bad. think they're all about the same length. So they're probably all around eight to ten. You know, there's multiple endings, but you know what? Like I I got a lot going on in life. I'll just YouTube the other endings. Yeah. <laughs> I, feel so the same I, way. I hate to do that, you know, but I don't really want to replay through a game when there's so many other games I want to play. Right, right. But yeah, I I think I'll jump onto one of those next. Maybe we'll uh, do an episode maybe in a couple weeks. Let's let's do this. And we're putting a little teaser out there for everybody. Um, let's play through Silent Hill 3 and do a full episode on that. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, from what I've heard of it, I mean, you could, we could easily just do a whole episode on that one. So Yeah. And apparently it's only 6 to 11 hours. It's not that bad. Oh, easy. Yeah, let's do it. There you go, everyone. Teaser out there. I know specifically my sister will be super stoked for a full Silent Hill episode. So let's do it. (laughs)
<laughs> she was really excited whenever you, you put that poll out. So that'll be a lot of fun. Hell yeah. Yeah. Cool. Hell yeah. All right. So another fun little one that I was playing a lot of recently, I was trying to find something and I, I remember seeing this game a while ago and I was looking at the developer and I was just obsessed with the artwork, but it's made by uh, Taco Boy Studios. It got released in 2018, but this is a phone game, right? Oh, ooh, phone Whoa. game horror. Oh. What are you doing? <laughs> I know I'm, I'm going to the dark side, but Trust me, this game is like when you want cutesy horror or like cutesy scary kind of game. This is really, really fun, especially on the phone. But it's called Candy and Candies and Curses. Uh, it's a very simplistic kind of gameplay style. Um, you have multiple tiers. Uh, there's about four different paths that you can walk across. Your character will either automatically walk to the left or the right, depending on which one they're facing. And then you swipe up or down to move from tier to tier. Right. And there's ghosts and little like creatures that are spawning throughout each tier. And you have to hit them with your flashlight in order to destroy them. And you just got to make it through this haunted mansion. Uh, the intro to this game I loved, it was uh, this little girl. She's I think her name's Millie. And she is there at like a, a party with her friends. And they are playing truth or dare. And someone dares her to spend the night in the haunted mansion down the street. And her being a brave soul decides, I will do it. So she goes to go spend the night at the Haunted Mansion, and that's where this whole game takes place. Now, what's really cool about it is as you level up, you can pick up different charms. It's very much like a roguelike, right? You're, you're playing through the same levels. You fight through the bosses to try and make it through the end. Uh, but you level up your flashlight. You get different um, abilities. You get like boons and bounties in the forms of candies and curses. Uh, and they can either help you or hinder you. And there's like a bunch of really cool stuff in this. I, I really love the art style for this game. It's freaking adorable. It's pixel art, but it's done very, very, very well. The boss fights are very are actually like interesting. Uh, they're like once you what's nice is whenever you start like progressing through your run, you start learning the patterns of the bosses to try and get through them better and faster. Uh, so it was really cool to try and like play through that and figure it out. But this is a really, really fun game. And, you know, now it's what, five years old now, but it, it feels and looks very polished still to this day. Uh, and I would definitely recommend it, especially for people who don't have time to sit down and play a game or on like a console or a PC and they want something for the spooky season. This is definitely one to check out. It's very simple. It's free on the iPhone. There's, I mean, of course, there's in-game purchases. You can buy things to, like, level up your stuff faster, but not necessary. It's just a fun little title to play through. And, yeah, I would definitely recommend this one. I, I love the aesthetic of this so much. And I, like, want to remake this game now for the kids <laughs> uh, and maybe set it up for spooky season next year. That would be a lot of fun because it's, it's a cool idea. It looks really cute. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. I think you I don't really know why, like but it. I expected something really different from it, mm -hmm. but I really like it. Right? It's just, it's super, super cute, but it's great. I don't know. Like the, the amount of polish that they did for the artwork is amazing. And the variety of the candies and curses and flashlights and things that you can get are really, really well done. I, I like it a lot. I will say your hitbox is a little bit bigger than it probably should be, and you can get hit 
pretty easily, but it's a phone game, right? Like you just kind of you're not expecting anything like crazy big. So, yeah, you can't really expect perfection like that. No, but definitely a lot of fun. I would highly, highly recommend this one uh, for sure. I don't know, it's just so much, it's it's so adorable. Yeah, it's kind of hard not to like it. Speaking of a phone game, um, so, I mean, well, this wasn't originally a phone game, but the sequel came out and, you know, was, I think, Netflix exclusive? Or no, I think it came out on PC as well uh, mm. during launch, but the sequel did that, where basically you played on your phone. And I played the original. Uh, no one knows what I'm talking about. Probably not because no one even <laughs> looks at Netflix for games. But I played the first Oxen Free, mm, and yeah. I've seen people throughout the years praise this game. And I don't know why, but for the longest time, whenever I would hear this game, I always thought they were just talking about Limbo or Inside, mm, right? So I was like, "Oh, what's Oxen Free like?" people are like oh the dialogue trees are really great so i decided to check it out and i was pleasantly surprised by it um i know it's not really a horror game more of a thriller it does have some creepy moments to it but mm-hmm. this game was cool i i'm not bummed at myself for waiting so long to play this but i really liked the fast-paced dialogue mm-hmm. and how things actually kind of changed the story based on it because it you know you think about like fallout and other st- or starfield where it's like you can just sit there think about your choices or pause the game and look online and be like oh what's the best choice for this situation right. but this it was so fast that it's like oh no you have to be like having an actual conversation and it was cool it made me more immersed in the game, mm-hmm. which these kind of games, a lot of times it's hard to keep my attention. Right. Mm-hmm. And the story was cool. You know, it was, it was interesting. I liked the idea behind it. And I'm honestly, it hooked me enough where I want to see what's in the sequel. Uh, I think that, you know, I would love to see more games have dialogue where, like this where it's just super quick you know where the thought bubbles are your your buttons mm-hmm. and yeah i'm i'm glad i played it i i've been trying to knock off a lot of more well-known indie titles off my list that i somehow just never gotten around to and this was one of them um i love how this episode for me has just basically become like uh what games you've been playing because that's these are all basically the games I'm playing, <laughs> right? Um, but well, it's the season, so yeah, it, exactly. Being on my trip, I wasn't really able to play games a whole lot aside from Dementum. So it it's nice when these little bite sized games are there to kind of pass pass the time, you know? Right, and then. I- I, I do like the fact that the, a lot of these horror games or spooky games or thrillerish games, they're very artistically pleasing and they're shorter, which is nice, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's a good little break. And I guess I felt I, I didn't realize I needed a little bit of a break. I mean, I've been playing Baldur's Gate 3 nonstop. 
<laughs> so these little bite-sized ones have been great where like especially those like itchio ones where it's 20 minutes of a different type of experience and i experienced all of it whereas with Baldur's gate i'm over 50 hours in and i'm like oh, there's still so much more to do but i loving every minute of, of it of course right but it's it is nice to have some of these smaller titles that just tell a very complete story right and it's just it's it's nice to see yeah it it was nice to check it out finally and i think yeah this is the last one for me okay. uh so i am really excited for alan wake 2 that's coming out this year uh this month actually and nice. hearing about a lot of the tech that's gone into it and how they're able to incorporate live action you know full motion stuff into the 3d side of things sounds amazing right like being able to walk with an fmv in first person it's pretty sounds amazing. insane yeah so I was like, oh, well, I, maybe I should play the first game. So I'll just know what I'm expecting when I play it. And I played this game back in the day. And for some reason, it just didn't click with me. I think it was the controls or something with it. I hated having to shine a flashlight on an enemy to make them vulnerable and then shoot him. Mm, yeah. But I figured, you know what? There's the remastered version. Why not try it? You know... The story in it's cool. I'll put it that way. It's it feels a lot like Twin Peaks in a sense where the, you know it's like is this reality really real? What's going on? Small town the, and weird people, right? Yeah, like the vibe of it was great. I really liked that. The combat, I I feel like most people complain about the combat in the game, so it's nothing new. But I just don't know why you can't duct tape a flashlight to your gun or something if you yeah. know that's. That's the main thing. Why not give us just duct tape <laughs> or just get a headlamp? Like, yeah, something like do something where it just stays on you. But the the feeling of a game playing it right before actually going up to the Pacific Northwest actually mm -hmm. got me excited to be up there because it does kind of capture that feel now that I've been there. Mm -hmm. And it's cool. You know, the. The audio mixing is god-awful in it. I will put it that way. There were times where I had to turn up the volume like really high to hear anything, and then the next second, it's like screeching loud. Oh, God. And One of those. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't fix that with the remaster, but it was surprisingly enjoyable. I'll put it that way. Like It wasn't a game that blew me away. You know, I feel like a lot of people have talked about this game over the years, and I never really paid attention if people actually liked it or if it was a game that most people just like played through and that was it. Mm -hmm. And after finishing it, I could really see it being the playing through and kind of forgetting about it because there's in a lot of ways, it feels like it's not doing anything mind blowing, but at the same time, the story, especially when you see it through, it is really interesting. And knowing that there is a sequel, it really put the ending in perspective and a lot of the stuff leading up to it. Right. And 
do I think that playing the first game is probably necessary for the sequel? I'm pretty sure you'd be able to get the most out of it, or at least a YouTube video. I think like, that would there's be There's so probably, many videos of like story explained and things like that. Yeah. Especially for that game. Um, I know there's a good one out there that really explains not only that, but the connections of a lot of those other remedy games because mm-hmm. uh, control is connected to it. Mm, I mean, there is an Alan Wake DLC for control that was actually really enjoyable. Uh, and that's kind of the thing I like is that a, a lot of games made by remedy, they're all connected, right? Quantum leap isn't though. Some people have said there's some kind of connections to it, but I like that they try to bring some kind of link in their games with each other. Mm. And the idea in Alan Wake 2 that they're talking about where he's trapped in this like room with a typewriter and there's an FBI agent kind of in this the town where he was, it just sounds interesting where you have to like kind of jump between back and forth the two different characters. Um, seeing the story play out in different views, but it's not like you're missing the story if you focus just on one character. Right. And do I think that playing the first game is worth it in this day and age? Honestly, I would say maybe just watch like a synopsis on it. Mm-hmm. There's times where it did feel kind of rough. Uh, it's not that hard of a game. I mean, maybe if you play on Nightmare, it's hard, but, you know, it's not super difficult. There's just something about it, though, where it's like the amount of combat that happens kind of took me out of the immersion of it, which sucks because there were times where I was like, oh, this is really cool. Like, we're we're getting to this area, and then out of nowhere, these shadow beings pop out. And I'm just like, really? Like why right like i have to kill another three of you Mm -hmm. run a little bit and then another three pops up and i'm just like they could have cut those encounters down by half Mm -hmm. and i think the game would have been a lot more enjoyable i mean personally for me i think this would have been a game that would have been better if it had less combat in general or Mm. not totally do away with it but really limit it where it felt more meaningful right i get that the attack of these like beings is kind of important to the story but it also it just really took me out of it but i'm hoping the sequel kind of changes that i heard it's going to be more of a psychological horror versus a like psychological thriller Mm. but it does sound better already so yeah, I'm excited for it. And I mean, it, there's so many good games coming out this month, but I think that's the one that I'm like kind of focusing on aside from like Mario Wonder. Mm, but right. there's so many games I'm playing catch up on too. Like not only a bunch of horror games I have written down that I want to play, but you know, there's Boulder's Gate 3, there's Armored Core 6. Like there's a lot of stuff I want to go back to that I'm just like, oh my God, like this year is just stacked. And I'm one of those people where it's like, oh, if I see a good game, I'm just gonna, you know, install it or I'm gonna <laughs> write it down and be like, oh, I'm gonna check this out. And it's like, it's it's impossible to keep up with this stuff. But Right. And the games are getting longer and longer, bigger and bigger. Like it's, yeah. 
Yeah, and then you look at like Itch.io and you see like a hundred new games that come out and like 50 of them look really interesting. Like they're made for you and you're like, oh no, like what do I do, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, that that's my extent of games so far. Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty good place to leave it off. Mind as well, right? Like, because we're going to continue on with Spooky Month and we're going to keep playing more games. Check them out and see what else is out there for you guys. Uh, and who knows? Maybe you'll find your next favorite spooky horror game that you come back to and revisit or it becomes a cult classic for you, right? Because there's plenty of them out there. And we've shown that there's a lot of different variety. We have some of these bigger games like Alan Wink. We have these smaller games on Itch.io like Egg Friend. Or if you're just a mobile guy and you don't have a lot of time, well, try out, you know, Candies and Curses. It's a great, great title. I love it a lot. I actually want to keep playing that one <laughs> even past Halloween. Why not? Uh, but anyway, we'll talk to you guys next week with some more spooky games as we continue spooky month. And then be on the lookout because who knows? Maybe we'll have a full episode on just Silent Hill. But you'll have to, you know, tune in to figure that one out. But anyway, we'll talk to you guys next week. Have fun and stay safe out there. But uh, until then, bye for now.